Welcome to the Edmonton Journal, Edmonton Sun Oil Spills Podcast. My name is Derek Van Deest. I'm happy to be joined by Jim Matheson and Rob Tichkowski, Edmonton Oiler beat writers for the Journal and the Sun. And today we're talking all things free agency. Free agency starts on Sunday, July 1st. And obviously the Edmonton Oilers are in the free agent market, but they don't have a lot of money to spend on the free agent market. So we'll start with you, Jim Matheson, going into free agency. What are you expecting out of the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday, if anything? Well, they could wait now. I mean, when you're dealing with, with trying to get burgers and fries, <laughs> yeah. they're not, there's no filet mignon they're going after. They don't yeah. have the money. So it's burgers and fries. So they could wait past July 1st and then... The teams that are the players that get a little anxious then, and they'll take whatever they can get, like UC Okanen last year, who was a good player until he got to Edmonton, and then the pace was too high for him. But they got him for a million dollars. Yeah. So, um, I they don't have any enough forwards. They have ten forwards signed, eleven when they signed Strom. That means they got to sign three more forwards because usually you have fourteen forwards on your twenty-three man list. So they're going to have to sign three three forwards, I think. Or at least two forwards and one seventh defenseman. Yeah, a Nick Holden or somebody like that. I you know I suspect. Um, and I I don't know. I mean, Rob would probably concur. You can go after the players who make a million dollars for your fourth fourth line, say. But if they can't score a goal for you, you know that was a problem last year. You they played guys mm-hmm. you know like Packerinen and people like that and Zach Cassian, but there's no goals there to speak of. So I think the model has to be more like Vegas's, where mm-hmm. they have Ryan Carpenter and people like that playing on the fourth line and might get you 10 goals. Yeah. And if, you know, those that should be the kind of p- players they're looking for if they can get them for a million, a million, two. Yeah. Rob, what are you expecting, if anything, out of the Oilers? Yeah, like Matty was saying, you don't have to make a reservation at McDonald's. You just, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you've... You know they'll let the big dogs eat, and then they'll kind of be working around the edges and trying to find. And again, you know, they they did a couple last year with Camilleri and Jokinen, and, and they missed with both of those. And that's where your your pro scouts and your GM really have to be on the ball because you know you need a guy who can score you know ten, twelve goals, and you can only pay him a million bucks when the top end of your lineup is as heavy as it is cash wise for the Oilers. So uh, you know you got to find those midland players who still have it, but you know nobody else is going to outbid for it. it's a it's a very it's a very narrow market. Uh, you know you can get anybody for a million, but you need a twelve goal scorer for a million who's yeah. fast and who can play, and who doesn't want that in this day and age. So you know there's some competition for some table scraps. So it'll be uh, you know he, he'll bring in you know a couple of names, and they won't be you know there won't be a lot of sizzle. They won't be headliners. And there will be a lot of question marks, uh, I'm thinking, and then you'll just hope that this guy comes in and, and you know, overachieves slightly. Yeah. Well, we printed out a list of free agents, and then we started going through the list, and we we're like, well, page one, no. page two, no, no not going to happen, page three. I think we got to page five, where the Oilers probably can start targeting some of those free agents. And, and those names have been bandied about, guys like Kyle Brodziak, guys like Jason Shamara, guys that are, 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 are Jay Beagle, cheap guys that can, can do that, but... Um, I guess the way the Oilers have built their their roster, they're really top heavy on the first four or five guys, and then there's a huge drop off. I guess is that is that kind of say that maybe they didn't <laughs> they didn't think this through? Like, you're looking at that roster, and um, there's issues there, isn't there, Rob? Oh, definitely. I mean, you, yeah, it goes from twelve, eight, six, six, and then everybody else is making you know one something already. Yeah, and, and there's some there's some RFAs that have to be addressed. 
every million dollars counts in this area. And, you know, Dreisaitl probably could have been signed for a little less than eight and a half. Uh, Lucic's $6 million hurts a little bit. You know, there's a, a couple on defense. You know, if, if you were just a little tidier with those moves, you'd have, you know, five or six extra million dollars. And that's when you could be in the, in the market for somebody on the first couple of pages of that free agent list. So, uh, you know, you have to be really careful. You have to be very economical. But, you know, the business model of this, when you have a guy making 12 and a half and then the next guy's making, you know, 21 tied up in two guys, yeah. that really handcuffs you for, for, a, for a long time. So, you know, you're going to have to make really smart economical moves, which is what you should be doing anyway. But uh, when you make a couple of, when you overpay a little bit early on, you pay for it for, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years down the road. Yeah. Jim, do you expect it? Maybe the Oilers will try and free up some salary somewhere, or is this it? In the I don't know what they free up. Lucic would be the only Lucic thing. Lucic is the only thing, yeah. but then that's the old floatsome, jetsome trade. Yeah. You know, What's they don't back? like, you know, our guy makes too much money for too long, so you take somebody else's player who makes too much money, but maybe for a few years less. And then you're saying, well, how does that really help us in terms of mm-hmm. on the ice? Yeah. It helps the, the salary cap, I guess. Like if it was suddenly Dallas phoned up and said, we'll give you Martin Hansel for two more years at four and a half million. And we'll take Lucic and, you know, two more years in, maybe if we feel like buying him out, we'll buy him out. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I think Zach Cassian makes too much money to be on the fourth line at 1.9. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, everybody keeps talking about trading Clefbaum, but he's got one of those very friendly $4 million contracts. You don't mm-hmm. want to trade too many $4 million players who play regularly mm-hmm. because, you know, if you trade a $4 million player and you pick up somebody who's making 5.2, then you've just added another million two, and maybe that player isn't so much better than the player you have, but maybe plays shoots different or something, but you still add another million two. And I keep coming back to the same thing. I have no idea why they're paying Koskinen $2.5 million. Yeah, that to me it means one of two things: they really love him, and there was a huge bidding war for him, mm-hmm. or they're not that happy with Cam Talbot, mm-hmm. and he's going into his last year of his contract, and they're unsure of him, and they're hoping that this guy, if he plays enough games, can show that he's a starting goaltender and not a backup goaltender. But he's played four NHL games or whatever it is in the last you know seven eight years, so it's not like he's yeah. he's he's going. You know, he's the savior. There's no white horse he's riding in on. And there's, you know, like we pointed out, there's so many unrestricted free agent goalies out there yeah. right now who could play for half what this guy's playing for, and they've played way more games than he has. So they must be seeing something they in Hoskin and that I'm not seeing yeah. to pay, be paying him that much money. I mean, they brought over Anders Nilsson, whose stats were about the same, and gave him a million. Yeah. Well, suddenly, this guy's two and a half. Yeah, they have to think that this guy is. They have uh, to think he's going to be a idiotic starter. to pay a guy two and a half if, yeah. if you're just literally going to pay to play him fifteen games, games to be yeah. Laurent Bossuet. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't don't see it. But they, like I said, they must have soured a little bit on Cam last yeah. year, the way Cam played, and they're they're hedging their bat bets and thinking, okay, Cam, you got to show us again that you're going to get a, another three or four year contract, and if you don't, we we have this other guy that we think might be a player. Yeah, but the owners have done this before. They, they kind of make these moves thinking that they're basically smarter than everyone else, and they always kind of seem to blow up in the face. And this Koskinen, it looks like a perfect example of this, Rob. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the last time that they brought in somebody that, you know, everybody was saying, why did you do that? And then, oh, wow, this guy is really, you know, overachieved. So, uh, yeah, two and a half for a backup just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, unless 
and it has to be the case that they think he is going to be wrestling for the starting job and maybe by the end of next season will actually be their starter. So that's tough when you're judging a goalie at any point, uh, especially somebody who wasn't even in your league last year. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a different world over there. The def- they play defense differently. The shots are different. You know, angles are different. I would like to see the guy actually have having played a game in the, or two in the NHL recently before I would commit that to him. So I, don't know. I think their their whole almost the whole formula this season is they're needing so many people to to overachieve. Like they need a Ty Ratty or a Drake Kajula or a Puliyarvi or a Yamamoto, two or three of those guys to come out of you know almost nowhere and be twenty five thirty goal scorers because you just it's just so thin once you get past the top two or three guys on this roster. They need some of those younger players to come up and uh, really become... You better hope all those young players become Jake Gunsel because yeah, that's what you, can't, you can't take a look at their right side yeah. with Ty Ratty and, and Pliarvi and um, Kajul if he plays there, whoever else is playing there, Pontus, Aberg, <laughs> Auberg, whatever, yeah. I'm not sure how you pronounce it now. Uh, and AWOL, say yeah. and say AWOL and say, whoa, we're really strong there. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. And you know, I that's that that is the only outlier in this thing. If they can somehow find a an, a, a Teddy Purcell, somebody who's of that quality when Teddy played yeah, he was a good a year, yeah. who can play say on your second line. And and give you forty five points or something, yeah. and he, he'll come in for two million dollars. Um, then great, but uh, they're they're counting on a lot of these young players yeah. doing something. And who knows, maybe Puliarvi will come in with fire in his eyes this year and, and shoot the puck through the net and score a bunch of goals, and he'll look like Patrick Laine. Yeah, uh, you know. But if he looks like he's looked the last year, where he's sort of a player, and you keep mm-hmm. thinking he's sort of a player. Um, that's that's a major problem. Well, I'm looking at this list of you know you're trying to find basically fourth line guys that can maybe chip in and on your third line and and names have come up like Jason Shamara and and uh, uh, you know Tobias Reeder I think and that that name came up and uh, Kyle Brodziak but of these names that have come up does anyone jump out and say okay well maybe he might be able to help he may not be able to help we'll start with you Rob just your, your thoughts on some of the names that have popped up yeah not, not Chimera as, as likable a guy as he is and as good as he was he was a good guy to have on your team for a long time he, he's passed it you know go from four goals to all of a sudden back up to you know Reader. I heard is you know might be something Kyle Brodziak is, is another guy too he's uh, you know he's not very offensive but he can yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. maybe right. T- Tobias Reader would probably be because you're looking for offense. Like yeah. This team needs because, like I said, that that right side is a, is just a gigantic question mark. And maybe those guys overachieve and have big years. But if they don't, you have to have some guys. You they need to they need to sign forty goals this 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 summer in a couple of guys. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's going to be last year all over again. Connor McDavid's going to win the scoring race, and you know Dryside a little be kind of who he is and then there'll be such a significant drop off that they can't be competitive so yeah. they they have to sign 40 goals this summer like they need some they need a healthy Patrick Eves type say yeah. before Patrick got sick last year that sort of player who you know is an NHL player mm-hmm. and you know he can he can kick in 15 to 20 goals for you or if he gets lucky I mean Vanek is there if Vanek would take two million dollars 
great for one year. Why not? I mean, he had 56 points last year. Yeah. So um, Michael Grabner, I think, would be too expensive. He can skate. He scored 27 goals last year, but 11 on the power, 11 empty net. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> he led the league in empty net goals. Yeah. He scored uh, 11. So he only got 16 at uh, when they were, you know, the not open nets. So, so yeah, I I don't know. I, Blake Como's names come up too, but he's kind of like Brodziak. Yeah, he's kind of a third to fourth line player, yeah. and he's he's not a bad player. He's an NHL player for sure, but I don't know. They need more goals from their bottom six to offset things. And of course, they could use more goals from the defense too. There's some defenses in the yeah. league score bundles of goals and offset the fact that their forwards don't score so much. Yeah. But the other defense for several years now just doesn't score enough goals. Is there a defenseman out there that could be appealing to the Edmonton Oilers? They, they, they obviously need a seventh guy. They, they, they said Grabo wasn't going to be our guy. They bought him out. Um, now that's another $300,000 yeah. to, to, to the salary cap. Do they, or, or, do, or do you think Ethan Bear is ready, or do you think guys, maybe a couple of guys in the minors are, are ready to take that step? I, I would, I would wait on the defense and focus all my energy up front. I mean, yeah. they have, they have their six, and then you know, there's also Bear. Who knows what Bouchard is like? Ideally, you send him back, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Caleb Jones, maybe just see where these guys are at. You know, they've committed, they've committed to their guys, and I don't think they need another thing where there's nine D men hanging around. They just so desperate for forwards that you know, if they come out of July 1st and say, hey, we got another D-man, then, then I think they're heading in the wrong direction there. Yeah. Jim, what are your thoughts on that? Is uh, it, it, I kind of agree with Rob. I think I, I, you'd like to see them look in their own organization and see if there's the seventh guy there instead, you know, whether that's Keegan Lowe or whoever, yeah. you know, as an extra. I would keep Ethan Barrett on the minor league team the whole, at least till Christmas. Mm-hmm. He has hardly played any pro games. Yeah. Um, I mean, Caleb Jones probably needs more time there. Bouchard, maybe Bouchard comes in. And, but Bouchard, you know, it's the, it's the age-old story. If he's going to play, he's got to play in the top six. He's yeah. not going to be the seventh defenseman. Right. Doesn't serve I mean, him that well. doesn't serve him very well at his age. No. This isn't a college player coming out who's 23, 24 years old. Nick Holden is a possibility if he wants to sign for 800. Yeah. You know, he's from Edmonton, from St. Albert. You know, he's played in the league a fair bit of time. He can play a little bit of power play. So, uh but, yeah, I don't know. This, the possibilities are there's a lot of players that are NHL players, but not a lot of goals there. And mm-hmm. I agree with Rob. They need, they need somebody who can, can help them score some goals. So do you expect the Oilers to do anything on July 1st, or do you think they're going to wait to see where everyone kind of settles in? Obviously, Tavares is the first piece. Once he goes, then everyone else, then all the building blocks go after that. Do you think the Oilers are going to sit back and wait, or do they have to be aggressive? And this is the guy we're targeting. This is the guy we need. And yeah. We need to go after this guy. When, when did they get their guys last year? Their, uh, they got Jokinen in August, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Or at so the end of July. Right. After he was bought out. Yeah, he after he's already bought out. Yeah. So this, yeah, so I, I don't expect much July 1st. So, yeah. No, don't they have to wait and see how much Nurse and Strom cost them first before you say, okay, here's what we have to spend now. We take mm-hmm. those two salaries and put them in with... You know, yeah. if they eat up six million dollars, the two players, or six and a half, then suddenly you're down to five million. So yeah. you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Well, they do have the million dollars to put Al Montoya in the minors. Yeah, and so that's an extra. Well, million dollars. the owners have about eleven million dollars, and they still have to sign Strom. They still have to sign Nurse. So whatever that comes out of, off of that. Uh, then but don't they have to sign those guys? You have to know how, exactly how well, much imagine, they're going to be before yeah, you go out and imagine, sign somebody right. else. Imagine they would have to. Yeah. <laughs> so you take, 
So let's talk about Darnell Nurse then. Does Darnell Nurse sign a bridge contract, or do you think they sign him long term here? Uh, probably a bridge, just yeah. because you, you've you've committed a lot already to people. I mean, I, I and if you're Darnell Nurse, I would bet on myself as well. I think he's trending up, and in a couple of years from now, he might be in a in a better position because I don't think where he is right now, he would command if he's going to sign a six year deal, the kind of money he could command if he trends up for the next couple of years and then is back at the bargaining table then. I think he's getting a lot better. Yeah. So I think that's probably the direction that they would I head. think they would like him to sign for two years because maybe Secker is not here in two years. Mm-hmm. So his his salary comes off the books, and then they they can give him a little bit more. I mean, you know, I'm sure they would go to him and say, do you want the, exactly the same contract that Oscar Clefbaum's got? Yeah. Or that Adam Larson's got? Six years or so at 4.1? Have at it. There you go. Well, they'd be happy at 4.1. Yeah, yeah, they'd, they'd say, yeah. absolutely. Then they, they'd have three defensemen making $4 million, which is pretty good yeah. in today's game. Yeah, definitely. And what about Ryan Strom? You look at him, and he came in and didn't have the greatest of years. He, he's obviously a guy that took him a while to kind of find his footing here at Edmonton. And how do you see him kind of fitting in? Where yeah, do you see the he didn't thing? really play himself into a very huge race. No. I think he could, you know, they could play hardball with him, and I think he'll want to prove himself, you know, as well. So. I don't see him sitting there and, and being in that great a bargaining position. He'll just you know take the whatever minor whatever minor bump you can give him. I think he would. I think he, the qualifying was three three million from yeah. two point five. So I don't think he can get much more than that. Right. It's it's unfortunate. I think they were counting on Strom being a top six winger. Yep. Now Strom yeah. is another center. So theoretically, like four of their six best forwards are all centers. Yeah. If you consider that Strom's a center and Dreisaitl's a center and Nugent Hopkins is really a center and McDavid. So that's, you know, it's great to have all those centers, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure they would like it more if Strom was a second-line right wing yeah. rather than the third-line center making yeah. $3 million. Yeah. 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 Well, well, they have 18 roster players signed. Uh, well, 19 if you include the three goalies. So that they still need to sign. To get up to twenty, to get up to twenty-three <laughs> yeah. guys, so yeah. they're not even there yet. So, yeah, it looks like the, they've kind of painted themselves in a corner here. Peter Shirelli seems to have. And then, do you think he has the, the wherewithal to kind of? I don't know. Himself he, out? I don't think he has quite the wherewithal that Jim Rutherford had in Pittsburgh, yeah. where he just said, "I'm taking this two and a half million dollar contract and this three million dollar contract, and I have a friend who's in Buffalo who used to be my assistant, and I'm saying, you take these guys." You give us a fourth round pick, and now I've just cleared up five and a yeah. half million. I'll sign somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, he doesn't have that to work with. I, you know, I don't think he has that. You know, unless he's unless all his bottom six forwards are only making a million. Right. Yeah. You know. I, you know, which pretty much looks like that. But I can't see Brodziak coming for like he's making two million now, yeah. and he's a fairly productive. You know, two million. So I don't. I can't see him coming in for a million. I yeah. see him coming in for one point two or one point three or something. Yeah. Well, let's shift our focus to the to the draft. Obviously, Jimmy, you were there um, at the NHL draft, and how the Oilers fared. Now, I was. I took a lot of heat on Twitter because I thought the Oilers maybe. I I liked no You Dobson. took heat. I took a lot. Oh, well, that's <laughs> join the club because I thought <laughs> that the Oilers made a mistake at the draft. Surprise, surprise! By taking. Yeah. Uh, Evan Bouchard instead of Noah Dobson and I, ha- I went back to a tweet that I sent three years ago when I said they made a mistake not taking Matthew Barzell and trading for Griffin Reinhardt and we all saw how that one worked out <laughs> well, you're one for you're one <laughs> I was one for one, <laughs> one, for one. <laughs> yeah, one for, well, we'll see how this one works out but I'll start with you Jim you were there 
Um, I think the owners were both there. I think they were surprised that both of them were there at 10, mm-hmm. and they went with Bouchard. Don't, don't you think it's apples and oranges when you got there? They liked three players that were there yeah. at 10. Bouchard, Dobson, and, the, and Wallstrom, the scorer. Yeah. So they, they decided they liked this guy better than the other two for whatever reason. Uh, I think they like his offense a little bit more mm-hmm. than the fact he can really shoot the puck. Yeah. Size and, and his size. And he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more ready to be in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, 87 points is 87 points in junior. That's a lot. Of, 92 if you count the playoffs. Yeah. That's a lot of points for a defenseman in the Ontario League where you don't do Doughty when he, when he got drafted, got 50. Well, yeah, he's he got 50, points. and this guy got yeah. 87. So, yeah, uh, yeah I don't. Uh, I think they did very well in the draft, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, McLeod can really skate. Kind of reminds me of Chimera, the way he can skate. Yeah. Now, I think the, he's got lots of parts. Now, somehow, the some of those parts has to get there to where he's, you know, he's in a solid, you know, number two, you know, center or winger. I think they see him more as a winger because they got enough centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got a goalie. So, uh, their first three picks are, are probably fine. You know, after watching some of the prospects, the prospect camp too, some other players, their young players, Looked pretty good. Maximoff looks really good. Mm-hmm. He can really score. Yeah. And he was a fifth-round draft choice. So, um, you know, if some of those ones come through. Unfortunately, a lot of those juniors are going back to junior. Yeah. They're not going to the Bakersfield team. So they've got to wait another year for a lot of those players who are at the development camp. Well, what, what are your thoughts, Rob? Well, they're, they're, they're probably high-fiving. Like a couple of teams ahead of them go off the board, and you're sitting there like a guy that you probably thought you didn't have a shot at is, is sitting on your lap. At ten, and then uh, you know McLeod sort of drops. He was originally thought to be going late in the first round, and suddenly he's he's there, you know, for you in the second. You're just like, wow, okay, this is this yeah. is pretty good. I mean, trading up to get a goalie is is, is sometimes curious because goalie is a weird position. You don't mm-hmm. really know what the guy's all about sometimes till he's twenty something. But you know, they're stocking the shelves in that department too. And at some point, one of these guys has got a hit, and there's your there's your goalie of the future. So. All things considered, it wasn't it wasn't bad, and I think you know they, to some extent, they lucked out, or maybe the teams behind them knew something that they didn't know by going off the board the way they did. But for whatever reason, they I think they they're really happy with the guy they got at ten, and and uh, the subsequent uh, picks after that kind of fell into place nicely as well. Well, they trade up to get this goalie, and the goalie turns out to be their goaltender yeah. consultant son. And I think yeah. a lot of people rolling their eyes, going, "Okay, really, we drafted another <laughs> son of a coach here, but this guy can play, right?" This guy will be. The backup probably at, at the bare minimum on the Canada's Canada. World Junior Team yeah. at Christmas. Uh, Di Pietro, Montre- uh, Vancouver's draft pick, probably be the starter. So he's good enough to be on Canada's junior team. He's fine. Yeah. You know, he's not the tallest goaltender. He's not Stuart Skinner by any stretch, who's yeah. tall yeah. and stuff. But, you know, I, I don't have a problem. He's the 60th player picked, yeah. or 61st or whatever he was. It's not like they got him in the first round. Yeah. So they got him the very last pick in the in the second round. Yeah. So that's, you know, and they gave up a couple of third round, didn't have a third and a fourth, so so be it. Yeah. Know, and if you're in contention for Canadian junior team, I mean, that's that's good legitimate enough. stuff. Like, not all of those guys have panned out. There have mm-hmm. been some, some you know, high-profile Canadian junior goalies who, who didn't quite make it in the NHL, but, you know, as far as where you are on the radar right now, that's a, that's a good spot to be in. That's a, you know, it says that a lot of people are watching this guy and a lot of people think that, that he's a, He's got a bright future, too. Well, it looks to me that you know there's always that debate whether you draft the best player available or you're drafting for need. But to me, it looked like the Oilers were right off the hop. They're drafting for need. They needed a defenseman. They needed a goaltender. They needed a, a, a speedy winger, I guess. So that, does this say something about 
this basically or the organizations the management team at this organization is saying well we're trying to get this thing done right now we're not necessarily looking four or five years down the road yeah well when you need everything it kind of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like i mean yeah they but they did they they checked off all three boxes we needed we need a forward we need a defenseman and we need to to bolster our goaltending stock so it's uh it was kind of smart the way they they went through it in the first three picks definitely yeah now the, you look at the goaltending they have skinner and they have this guy and then, does it look a little better now before yeah. before it did? Well, it, it does and it doesn't. I mean, where's Montoya going to play? Yeah. So if he's got to go down to the minors and play most of the games, then that probably doesn't benefit the young goalies either. Hmm. They've got to play. Um, do you put Skinner and Dylan Wells both in the East Coast League? Yeah. And they call up the Sterrett, who was in the East Coast League last year, and say, you can use your backup? Um, I don't know. Uh, Rodrigue's going back to junior, so I, I you need your... You need your young goaltenders to play a fair bit yeah. in the minors. And although Basois played in the East Coast League, too, before he got to the American mm-hmm. League. So I don't have a problem playing in the East Coast League. At least, you know, if you get 40, 50 games down there, that's not a big deal. You look at Montoya. Oh, that's an interesting. You brought him in. You gave up a th- fourth-round pick, I guess, to get him to get him here. He came in and played some games. He took a puck off the head. He was out for a couple of days. Came in, played some games, took a puck off the head. was out for a couple of games. I'm not convinced that Montoya can play without mm. th- that, that concussion issue is a serious issue he was out the whole year without a concussion and took two pucks off the mask and he had to take some time off like that would be a concern for me if I was the Edmonton Oilers and thinking this guy this guy may be done yeah if you're a goalie who doesn't react well to being hit by the puck that's not a that's not a good thing yeah um, it's hard to tell with those again the concussion's a big mystery and he, you know he's a good guy they like him in the room he, he, he was okay he was just you know a backup but you know I guess maybe you know do a little, and they signed him straight out of it too. He was just coming off the yeah. concussion when when he came back. Like I think like Edmonton was his first game, so I mean it's it's a it's a risk that they took, and then it's uh, you know he's so far struggling to to be the guy that they needed, which is I guess why you go out and pay two and a half for somebody else. Yeah. Um, impressions of uh, the development camp, Jim. You guys are both down there. You saw these guys play. Let's start with you, Jim. Just your impressions of, of who impressed or who looked good. And I know it's development camp, and they're all just out there uh, getting a first look at these guys. But anyone stand out for you? Well, Yamamoto was excellent, but he mm-hmm. should be. He's the best prospect yeah. in the organization. If he's not the best player on the ice, then you're looking at it, you're going, ooh, I thought this guy was, might make our team. Uh, he was really good. I thought Maximoff, the the scorer from Niagara, mm-hmm. fifth-round pick, he can really score. He can really shoot. Thought Bouchard was good. Uh, I thought George McPhee's son was quite mm-hmm. good. He's an energy player. He's got some jam to him. He, I kind of like him. Yeah. Um, it's tough to tell with a defenseman. I, you know, I wasn't really. I thought Stuart Skinner was very good in, in what, from what I what I saw. Um, they're playing against their peers. Yeah. I guess now some of the juniors are 18 playing against some college kids who are 22. Um, but they didn't look like there were. You know, sometimes you have these camps and you go, "What's he here for?" Yeah, you know, pretty much everybody who was there showed you something. You said, "Oh, okay, I can see why you thought this guy was pretty good." Yeah, they trimmed it down a bit. That's they trimmed it down to twenty-four. Yeah, so they didn't invite a whole lot of. And there was a couple of guys they would like to have been there, but they're in college. And Marino wasn't there from Harvard. He's a pretty good defenseman. And uh, uh, Rassen and a Finnish center who played in the World Junior uh, plays at Boston College. They didn't want to bring him over all the way from Finland. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of good prospects too. But I, it looked pretty good to me. Now the rookie camp it'd be a different story and in because they always bring in more players but if you're not have, you don't have that prospect tournament what's the rookie mm-hmm. camp what's that supposed to show you 
What's that supposed to show you, say, that this camp didn't show you? All you do at the rookie camp is you just invite a few more free agents, yeah. kids who didn't get drafted. So you, instead of having 24 kids, maybe you have 36. Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of the prospects tournament. I think they're playing Calgary Flames in a in a rookie game. Yeah, I think in Red that, Deer, yeah. yeah, in Red Deer. So, uh, you, what were your impressions, Rob, of, of the development camp? Yeah, it's. I mean, people sort of, you know, it's some oiler action in the middle of summer, so people kind of get excited, and then you look in the stands and, and you watch them, and they're you know they're doing drills and stuff, and <laughs> yeah. it gets really boring very quickly. <laughs> you know, they're just yeah timing and skating backwards and and you know doing all these uh, drills that are very helpful for the player. Everybody who comes off that. I says, you know, I learned some some great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they had Paul Coffey there, you know, helping helping the guys out. But uh, at at this stage of the game, it's it's you know, it's the middle of summer. A lot of these guys haven't been on the ice in a while. Uh, you know, you're not expecting too much. You do expect if you're if you're Yamamoto, you should be head and shoulders above a bunch of 18 year olds because yeah. you're theoretically you're going to be first or second line player in the National Hockey League next year. You know, and he was. He's got he's got some. You know, he still has that jump. But uh, you know, I, I I like to watch it just because you know you get to put some you know faces to the name bars and you talk to some of these guys and you know again Bouchard moves or moves around pretty well. But I I have pretty low expectations for these type of things because it's in the middle of the summer, eighteen year olds against nineteen year olds. So it's 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 fun to go and watch, but uh, I kind of reserve judgment. I think it's a good it's a good chance for all the players who were drafted by the Oilers. Uh, or signed as free agents to get to know one another, yeah. Because they're all they are all could be owners someday, and for the most part, they don't know one another. Some are playing college, some are playing junior, and to get them here for four days, so you, you know, you, you you're all together, you're eating together, whatever. So they can kind of put faces and stuff to yeah. them, and they, you know, the, you know, the bonding thing is was such a cliche, but you know, a thing like this, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. I liked it better when it was in Jasper. Oh, well, sure. obviously, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot better. Sure. It looks like they're cutting costs this year. Obviously, we're <laughs> no, not going yeah. to Jasper, not going to Penticton. Uh, they're streamlining things. Yeah. Um, just uh, a final thought here. You look at this roster. Uh, a year ago, they traded away Jordan Eberle. Two years ago, I think to the day they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Do do you see a big trade coming down the pipe here, or is this the roster that the Oilers are going to start the season with? Uh, maybe with one or two kind of guys at the bottom end of the of the uh, the third fourth line guy. I think they would really like to not rid themselves of Milan Lucic because I don't. I'm not like a lot of people. I don't think he's mm-hmm. garbage. I think he's still a very serviceable player whose shooting percentage just took a really ridiculous nose dive last year. I yeah. still think he can. I still think he can be a decent player, but if they can, you know, move that one without bringing in too much, because nobody's going to take six and give you one. Yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna get a a, a troublesome issue back. Uh, I think they can wiggle up some room there, and if that's the case, then you could, you know, you, it would free up some money to do something. But I don't. The top of their roster, you, you're not going to trade Nugent Hopkins, uh, McDavid, obviously, and yeah. and, and Dryside also, and anything below that is you know inconsequential almost yeah. so I think the the one thing they have is Lucic uh, and if nothing happens with that then they're just you know trying to pick around the edges at signing and maybe a couple of two million dollar wingers that they hope turn into something special well you talked to Lucic's agent Manny and he's not going anywhere is he well that's 
I reserve judgment. I've talked yeah. to a lot of agents. They say, no, 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 no. And then it happens. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it, something happened after yeah. I talked to you. Yeah. So at the time. I'll re- reserve judgment on that. Yeah. I mean, no team's trading for him until the owners pay that $3.5 million bonus right. due by ju- on July 1st. Yeah. So no team's going to pick up that, you know. So I'm, I'm with Rob. I there's always a prob- There's always a question when a player has a, a major drop off. Is this the start of a? Is this a trend now? Is this going to go down, 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 and or is this just an outlier, bad season where yeah. where it just didn't click for him? I I think Milan is a smart enough player to figure out figure it out. He's not a dummy by any stretch, mm-hmm. and I think he can still do some good things. Yeah. Uh, if you know if, if last year, the year before he was pretty good in the power play. Mm-hmm. Last year, he got nothing done on the power play. You know, there's no tips, there's no rebounds, there's no nothing. Yeah. So, um, the problem is, you're going to know pretty quickly, I think, once the regular season starts, if Milan is last year's Milan or mm-hmm. he's two years ago Milan, as to whether he, it's going to be another long season and he, you know, he's lost something. Yeah. Or, you know, he what he needs for his own psyche is to first month of the season scores six goals yeah and he's already got six okay i'm yeah. on my way again it's a i'm going yeah but if it's another bad start and he's got one goal in october yeah then then it's very troublesome yeah. once you got past their top three who did score you know who did have the big offensive yeah. year last year it was like nobody it was like the whole team sunk and i think he was got kind of got dragged down a little bit in it and again i keep go- keep going back to that shooting percentage but for his entire career it's in the 12 13 range yeah and if it drops to what it was a ridiculous like five or something like that down the stretch it's just you know if it goes back up to where it normally is then there's there's there are your 22 23 goals again and he provides a you know the league is smaller and faster but it's you know Connor mcdavid still has a big target on him and a team's think that they can get an advantage by playing him really hard yeah they will and part of the reason they didn't is because you know he would rip your head off so that she's a right winger not a left winger yeah if they're gonna play Nugent Hopkins on left wing I wish Lucic was a right winger so you could at least say okay it's Lucic at least he's gonna be in our top six if he gets it going but if he gets it going they're strong on left wing but there's there's nothing on right wing yeah unless these one of these young players jumps out and all of a sudden you know, scoring lots of goals. Well, to me, Lucic, we'll see right away whether or not, because we noticed it with Patrick Maroon. He came in a lot slimmer, a lot lighter. We noticed yeah. it with Zach Cassian came in a lot slimmer. And a lot, you could physically see that in these guys. And mm-hmm. I think if we physically see that in Milan Lucic at training camp, then you can say, okay, he put in the work, and this is what he has to do. Um, it's going to be very interesting um, to see where, where the orders end up and what the roster is going to look like. They're going to have to, you're right, I think they, they're, they're counting on some guys to have obviously bounce back years but maybe some breakthrough breakthrough years, years. Yeah. and and that's what they're going to need um jim and rob i appreciate you guys coming in um thanks for tuning in uh, i'm derek Randis. that's our oil spills podcast for today You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.